Welcome to the Marketplace Movement, where our vision is to reach, enhance, and advance lives. This week, we are on part eight of the Cost of God's Will series. Today, we will learn how Jesus set the ultimate example to pay the bill called diligence. So as always, please grab your notebook and your Bible and join us in the year of again. We have talked about the bill of time. We're talking about the cost of God's will. We've talked about the bill of time, the bill of readiness, the bill of opposition. Last week, we began dealing with the bill of diligence. Amen. Today, we want to finish this series and this particular debt, the bill of diligence. Four bills you need to pay. Diligence. Are we ready for the word of the Lord? I'm going to deal today with a narrative that has been on my heart. We'll make our way there. But just for your notes, I gave us two definitions, one of persistence and the other of diligence. Persistence is often what we think about when we think about diligence. Persistence. Continuing firmly or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. That's normally what we think about when it comes to diligence. I'm just going to keep going no matter what. But diligence is something different. It takes all of that no matter what and it adds an element called care. The definition of diligence is having or showing care or conscientiousness in one's work. In other words, it's not about I'm just going to keep going. It's about I'm going to keep going and what I do is going to matter to me. It's about doing it and not just doing it haphazardly. Not just, you know, God should be pleased because I checked it off my list. God should be pleased because I went to church this morning. Check. God should be pleased because I stood up during the song and he knew I didn't want to. Check. God should be pleased because I've carried my Bible three out of the five days of the work week. Check. God should be pleased because I prayed before every meal this week. Check. No, 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 no. When, when we have diligence or care or conscientiousness, when we get the opportunity to worship, we do so with an idea that, God, I want you to feel my heart in this worship. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to do something, and I want you to know that I'm serious about it. Amen? Now, when we talk about diligence, turn to Philippians 4. Turn to Philippians 4 before I get to this narrative. Turn to Philippians 4. Lord, help me today. Philippians 4. Now, this is a familiar verse. And I need to start here. Now, I'm just going to read one verse. Y'all know it. Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do, see, all things through him, capital H, that's Christ, who strengthens me. I can do 
All things. Say all things. Through him or through Christ who strengthens me. It's, it, we, we, love, we love that verse. I can do all things. We, we love it. We quote it. It's, it's in us. I can do all things. But the more I thought about it, I can, I can hear God really ministering to me this week saying, ask them, do they believe that though? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, see, when we need a, a new job, we'll say, I can do all things. Or when you need money by tomorrow, you'll throw out, I can do all things. When we feel like we're under demonic attack, I can do all things. But what about when you got to love somebody a little bit more? Uh-oh. When somebody is difficult to love, are we throwing out, I can do all things? When somebody is difficult to forgive, are you still telling yourself, I can do, see, here's the reality. We only like to apply that verse, Elder Renita, when the benefit of doing all things we feel is on us. Oftentimes, we don't say I can do all things when the all thing that we have to do is going to be something that we don't want to do. Somebody is acting just a stark raving fool, talking about you behind your back, you know, smiling in your face, all that type of stuff. We're not praying the prayer. I can do all things. We don't use that verse there. Oh, it's quiet already. That's good. When you got to show genuine care, you're not saying, Lord, help me show genuine care or Lord, help me, give me the strength not to go through the motion of forgiveness, but to actually forgive them from my heart. How about when you need to bring restoration to something broken? Are you saying to the Lord, Lord, I can do all things? Or do we start quoting other verses around that? Your will be done, Jesus. We like to throw that around because what we're doing is we're hoping that his will is ours. You know, when everything is, is going crazy and you done got tired of it. I know ain't none of y'all ever got tired of it. And you done got tired of it and you done got sick of it and you need a little bit more strength to endure another day. Normally, people of God, we're not saying the text, I can do all things. Amen. Or what about when it comes to walking in truth? Quiet. Because some of us, even right now, this morning, in this room, it's the lies that you're keeping that's holding you from your victory. And so when it comes to being honest, are you saying, I can do all things then? So today, turn to Matthew, I want to deal with this narrative, y'all know the story. But, you know, we, we talk about diligence. Chapter 26, Matthew 26. Diligence, diligence, diligence. I'm going to be diligent. 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 All right, God. All right. I'm going for it. I'm going all the way. Until all the way is hard. Come on, y'all. Lord, I'm going to do it. I can do all things. Until all things is uncomfortable. 
So today, we deal with diligence. Diligence. We in Matthew 26. With Matthew 26, we have this familiar narrative, halfway fence. Verse, by the time we get to verse 57, by the time we get to verse 57 of Matthew 26, y'all know Jesus is, uh, he in a little pickle because they've already seen him in the garden. There you go. I've seen y'all fanning. They've already seen him in the garden. He's been betrayed. He got drama. Amen. Come on now. I thought we could do all things. Things are not going the way they should. And here it is. Watch this. Matthew 26. Now, y'all know that Jesus was crucified, right? Okay, I, let's, let's walk the story slow. Those who had seized Jesus, verse 57, Matthew 26, 57. Those who had seized Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes, and the elders were gathered together. But Peter was following him in a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest and entered in and sat down with the officers to see the outcome. That's messed up. I can do all things. Well, can you still do all things when the very person who's supposed to have your back is literally about to sit down with your accusers and watch your trial as if they do not know you? Come on, we talking about diligence. Lord, I want to do your will. I want to do your will, but there's a bill, y'all. There's a bill we got to pay called diligence. And sometimes when you got to be diligent, we have to be diligent in the face of people who we never thought would hurt us. Come on, we at the beginning of the story. Let's walk through the narrative, y'all. Guess what? Jesus hasn't even been hit yet. And already he's walking and he has to see someone who he loved, who he cared for, who he's been feeding, who he's been clothing, all of this for three plus years. He's been putting him up. He's been taking care of him. He's been making sure all his needs were met. Jesus was the one making sure Pete was okay. And now at this moment, Peter don't know him. We still quote, I can do all things. Here it is. They come together and Peter's following him. He gets questioned. If you go back and you read it in your own study, they keep, they want him to know. They're trying to get him to say something, to get himself caught up. I love verse 63. Watch this. But Jesus kept silent. Lord, some of us fail already right here. We're not 10 verses in. This already is not our story. Come on, let's tell the truth in here. We're going to get free together. This is not our story. Right here, as soon as Peter, and come on, in verse 57, as soon as you see him sit down with your accusers, you would have said, excuse me, excuse me, Caiaphas, I got something to say. Not to you, to him. I need to talk to Pete. Bruh, for real? For real. See, y'all, how many of y'all have lost it when you should have been keeping it together? Amen. But I thought we was quoting, I can do all things. Right? 
And so he keeps silent. Look at verse 67, please. It's getting worse, y'all. Then they spat, Lord Jesus, in his face. Stop right there. Pete done done wrong. I'm already up here being questioned. Then they want to spit. Rajon Rondo. Now, it is debatable whether or not we have intentional or non-intentional spitting on Chris Paul is debatable. The evidence is split. Watch. However, Chris Paul did not care about intention. He felt spit at close distance on his facial parts. Therefore, Chris Paul got to swing in them hands and we can look at it and go, oh, there's no way I would have been under control. Lies. Y'all lying in church. Come on now. Somebody close to you enough to spit on you? Yeah, you be talking about all things, all right. I can do all things. <laughs> Through, yeah. So they spit on him. 67. In his face. Lord, it's one thing to get spit on. You done spit in my face. And beat him with their fist. Whoa. And others slapped him. Wait. Right, others. We got a group. I thought we were talking about we can do all things. I'm going somewhere. So if I'm going to do the will of God, I got to be willing to pay the bill called diligence. Diligence, watch this, is not paid for just because it's easy. Explain. You can't say, I can't be diligent because they spit on me. You can't say, I can't be diligent because they hit me. Whatever that looks like in your world. Because some of us have completely lost it over folk who looked at you funny. Or over people who you thought didn't like you. Or my favorite, some of us don't like people because they don't like somebody we know. They don't even know you. But you're talking about you want to do the will of God. Watch this. How do we ever get to the next level when we can't handle minimal demons? So they've spit on him. Well, well let's, 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 let's start with Peter done rejected him. Now he's spit on, he's beat, he's slapped, right? Go to chapter 27. Now when morning came, stop. If you're following the, if you go do any chronological work on the passion of Christ, you will find that the trial started 
probably somewhere around midnight. Most all theologians will say that by the time he gets to the cross, I ain't even got there yet, he hasn't slept at least 36 hours. How many of y'all get cranky when you ain't had your nap? Let's go further. How many of y'all start feeling some type of way when you ain't ate? Okay, so Jesus is getting beat, spit on, rejected, and he ain't sleeping, and they're not feeding the brother. Are y'all with me? By the time I get to chapter 27, most will tell you it's probably 6 in the morning. How many of y'all ain't super, super happy at 6 in the morning? Okay, watch. When the morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away, delivered him to Pilate the governor. All right, so he's been beaten with this, spit on, slapped, ridiculed, mocked, and now he is tied up. Are y'all following where we're going? Now right here with many of us, chapter 27, we tapping out. We tapping out right there, 27 verse one and two. We're tapping out. I'm cool on this, but I thought, I thought we started with, I can do. Isn't that what we said? But we tapping out because, Lord, I didn't sign up for these things. Preach. I didn't sign up for that. I was talking to my mother this morning, and my mother called me. She was upset about some movie she saw. She was going in. She called me at 7.15 this morning. Will you believe going in? She was upset about it. And she, she was talking about how the church is messed up, and she is going. She's going for it. And she says, you know, son, because the church, the church is supposed to be like marriage. I said, yes, ma'am, it is. She said, that's, that's in the Bible. You know, you remember all them verses, but I know it's in there. I said, yes, ma'am, it's in there. She said, the church is supposed to be like marriage. I said, yes, ma'am, it is. And she said, so how in the world... Can you, this is what my mama said this morning. I said, preach, mama. She said, how in the world do you say for better or for worse, but you only want for better? Preach, mama. I want for better. I want for better or for better, better. I signed up for better only, please. But hold on. I can do all things. Why well, I didn't want the worst part. I just said that because it was in the vow. Hold on, the Bible says better not to vow than the vow and not pay. But here it is, we want all of the accolades to come with all of the things we want. It's quiet in here. So, so he's spat, he's, he's beat with fists, he's slapped, he's ridiculed, he's, he's mocked. By the time I get to uh, verse 26, they release Barabbas. Oh, I got an attitude. Because I don't know if y'all know it, Barabbas is guilty. Come on, I thought we was talking about all things. So how many of us are willing to endure when you see people who you know ain't doing right and it seems like they prospering? Okay, okay, I'm trying to walk down through here. Come on, I'm talking about paying the bill called diligence, y'all. I'm talking about people who you know is foul. They just as foul as foul. It's just foul. They foul. You know they foul because you didn't see. You, this ain't even third-party foul. You got first-hand foul with some people. A friend of mine called me. He says, why do the wicked prosper? 
But here's the truth. Can I help you? The wicked aren't prospering. See, prosperity is nothing broken, nothing missing. The reason that we get overwhelmed when we assume that the wicked are prospering is because we believe prosperity to be things. See, the wicked aren't prospering just because they got a new car. The wicked are not prospering just because they got a new job. Because even in that, they still ain't got no peace. They still ain't got no joy. They still don't have the love of God. They still don't have any power. So sometimes you got to re redirect your mentality. I'm sorry, God, for complaining. I'm sorry, God, for standing up and talking about why don't I have what I deserve. Because here's the truth. His grace is sufficient. Here's the truth. I don't deserve nothing. Do you know how wretched we have been? And God still loves us enough to wake us up. Our old, tired, selfish tales. He wakes us up every morning with new mercies he wakes us up every morning with daily bread and we got the nerve to look at somebody who got to look over their shoulder wondering whether or not they're going to make it home and go wait a minute why don't I have that I don't want that amen I'd rather be happy with a value meal than bound with a steak Y'all not in here. Y'all didn't hear what I said. Huh? If me, my wife, and my kids gotta say, hey, we about to value mill it up. And we can do it in joy and laughter. Come on now. If we can sit across from each other and go, your fries cold today? Man, please. I'd rather do that with joy than to be sitting up all pompous and pious and sitting there have to worry about whether or not my light's going to be home because I'm fronting at this restaurant. Oh, come on in this room. First of all, that's bad stewardship. And second of all, that's not peace. I want the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, to rule my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And some of us, help me, Holy Spirit, some of us, we signing up only for the good of diligence and not the war. Come on now, I'm just in the middle of the story. He tied up. I don't know if you've ever been hit in the face. First time I got hit real good in the eye. I was in the sixth grade. I'll never forget it. His name was Roy. Quickest fight ever. I hit him twice, he hit me once. We both sat down before Ms. Wallace got us. We was in English class. He kept talking, I kept talking. Don't worry, me and Roy cool. We done talked about it since then and laughed real good. Roy kept talking, so I stood up, popped him two good times. I busted his lip, he blacked my eye. We thought we was even. We sat down. Now wait a minute. If he can hit me one good time in the face and black my eye, I can hit him one good time and split his lip. Jesus has now had multiple people Hitting him in the face, and the scripture clearly says, with fist and slapping him. Can y'all imagine how he looks right now? Come on now. He tired, he hungry, he's swollen up, and he's in chains. And yet, and still, he did not quit. Y'all, y'all, y'all. I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying my best to be patient with this, but every time I think about it, all I keep hearing, woman of God, is he was wounded. 
<laughs> for my transgressions. I'm trying, y'all, but I, I keep thinking about how messed up I was and how I came and I played church and how I didn't do right and how I act, put on this front and acted like I was something that I wasn't. And then I get to this part of the story and I recognize that he loved me enough not to give up on me. That's okay. Yeah, I don't need your testimony. I got my own about how God has been good to me. Diligence. And yet and still, we give up quick. I'm cool on you. Really? Oh, let's keep reading the story. Woo, help me, Holy Spirit. And they don't let Barabbas, I can't get over Barabbas, y'all. How many of y'all ever seen your wicked friend get what you wanted? Y'all, y'all, yeah, thank you. I got two, three people who want to be honest. Verse 27, chapter 27, 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium, gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. Stop. Stop. I want y'all to know that every time they was beating him, they was beating him in a crowd. Praetorium, think auditorium. I want y'all to figure, I want y'all to really see this. You spitting on me in front of people. Oh, y'all. You slapping me in front of people. Now they drag him out in chains in front of people. In verse 28, they stripped him. How many of y'all ready to tap out? They strip him. Put a scarlet robe on him. Okay, okay. Can y'all imagine how that had to feel for them to take this man's clothes off his body in front of everybody? Start mocking him. He already swole up. He's already in chains. I don't know if y'all have ever been hit when you couldn't defend yourself. Yeah. It's one thing when you're fighting and somebody just get one in on you, you know, and you're like, ooh, call me with one. It's another thing when you're defenseless. Both hands down to your side or tied behind your back. Now you're gonna strip my clothes off. After twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand and they knelt down before him and mocked him saying, hail king of the Jews, 30, they spat on him. I thought we was done with the spitting. They spat on him, took the reed and began to beat him on the head. After they had mocked him, they took the scarlet robe off of him and put his own garments back on him and led him away to crucify him. I, I, I don't know if y'all paying attention. I've been hit with fists. I've been slapped. I've now been sped on twice. All of the 12 disciples who I've, I've fed and clothed, none of them are here. As a matter of fact, I heard Peter say he didn't know me. Go study that part. The denial of Peter took place so close to Jesus that Jesus could literally hear Peter saying, I don't know the man. You pay somebody's bills for three years, and when you need something, they say, who's that? Some of y'all would have jumped through the window. Like, I might die on the cross today, but after I whoop Peter. 
Lord God, if you could just give me five minutes to beat the brakes off of Peter, I promise you I will be right back to this trial, but I'm about to beat the brakes off Peter. We can carry on with the crucifixion off of this, but I know I just didn't hear him say that he don't know me. But yet Jesus, watch this. Here's the word we're not going to like today in the sermon, our example. I said, yet Jesus, here's the word we don't like, our example. Didn't say nothing. Didn't tell Peter off. He allowed them to do it. Why? Because the cost of God's will, one of the bills you got to pay is called diligence. Even if diligence means drama. Amen. Here's what I've learned. We'll keep moving. The cost of something goes up the harder it is to produce it. Something that's easy to produce ain't worth nothing. Y'all still ain't in the room. The harder it is to produce, the more money it costs. Y'all know I'm coffee snob. And there's this one bag of coffee and it's really expensive. This is going to weird some of y'all out. <laughs> it's like $500 for a half pound. Half pound. A half pound, not the full pound. <laughs> He's laughing. Amaha, don't laugh at me. And one of the reasons it's so expensive is because coffee is a fruit. <laughs> and so this particular bean of coffee what they do is there's an animal that goes and he eats the fruit. Then they wait until the animal has a bowel movement. They go extract. Y'all not in here. Somebody got to... Because I would need to be decontaminated. Do y'all hear me? They got to go through, watch this, y'all not in here, y'all laughing at me, but somebody's going to shout in a minute. They got to go through all of that mess to find. Somebody got to be willing to sift through mounds of mess in order to get to something that's valuable. Y'all still ain't in the room. Watch this, they're rewarded for their labor. Oh, 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 oh. Some of y'all, the reason that you keep going from cheap thing to cheap thing, from cheap thrill to cheap thrill to cheap relationship to cheap relationship is because every time God tries to give you something good, you ain't trying to sift through the mess to get to what's valuable down on the inside. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Okay. Okay, uh-huh, when the mess goes through cleansing, somebody gonna want what's left behind. Lord, help me. Are y'all seeing in this room? So, 
I am rejected by Peter. The 11 are gone. I've been hit in the face. Y'all in the room? I've been hit in the face. Lord, they hit me in the face. And then hit me in the face. Matter of fact, go back up to 26 again. I left out something very important. They released Barabbas for them, but after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Scourged. This is what you often hear the preachers say, cat of nine tails. That's scourged. It's a wood handle, leather straps with pieces of bone or metal at the end. And they'd hit you to your bare flesh, hoping that the pieces of bone or metal would stick into the flesh, either into muscle or into your bone. And when it would catch, they'd rip. They'd come around again. So the reason it had the leather is so, you ever get hit with a switch and that thing wrap around you and come back? Okay, so they'd hit him with that. And they catch, and they rip skin off his body. Okay, let's go through our scenario. Peter don't know me. I'm sped on. I get hit with fists. I get slapped. They transport me in chains. I'm stripped. I'm beaten. I get sped on again. Beaten in the head with a reed. That's a stick. Can y'all imagine how I'm bleeding right now? I haven't eaten. I have not sleep. No sleep, no food. Y'all still with me? Back in chains. Transported. Stripped again. Now you want to take a cat nine tail. Rip the flesh off my body. I don't know about you. I told y'all. Remember I told y'all I got my little pinky finger caught in the window. Y'all remember that? Caught my pinky finger in the window. It was bleeding. I had a finger bed injury. It's bleeding pretty good. It was bleeding so much I was losing consciousness. Because when you lose blood quickly, anybody ever lost enough blood to pass out? It's not fun. When you lose blood quickly, Imagine how much blood Jesus is losing. And he ain't passed out yet. He's willing himself to be diligent. Come on now. Pieces of his flesh are gone. I haven't eaten. Come on, you got to lose blood and don't eat and don't sleep. By this time, he's fully man, fully God. I don't know, Drew, if it was me, angels, because you know I'm sick of this. They ain't been thinking I was God the whole time. It's been 33 years. We're going to show them on today. I need Mike and Gabe, homie. Come, both of y'all, tear this whole hill up, because I done got sick of them. Matter of fact, before you get here, I need you to stop by the cave that the disciples is hiding in. Whoop them first. Thank you. Some of y'all acting real saved today, but here's the truth. Listen, as, as frustrated as I get when I see some of you not living up to God's best for your life, I understand what it is, your flesh. I know y'all didn't like what I just said. Your flesh is strong because the spirit is always willing. It's the flesh that's weak. And so what happens is we get to the point where our spirit is now not even involved. This when you get to fussing and cussing and going off and wanting to get vengeance. But what about the bill called diligence? Now watch, everything I just said, 
He's still not on the cross yet. Y'all not in here. Bishop, this is the message you preach on Easter. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is the message that you tell yourself every time you about to act a fool. This, you remind yourself with this one. Because Jesus is our example. I said he ain't on the cross yet. Elila, I, I, I can only imagine how much blood is pouring from him. Amen. Arteries, veins, blood vessels, muscles cut, ripped from his body. My, grand, my grandmother with a butcher knife cut one of her veins one time and I remember her holding it. She couldn't get the blood to stop. Imagine them ripping the veins out of his body. Come on here. Because see, sometimes when we talk about being diligent, I'm not even asking any of you to handle physical pain. I'm asking you to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issue of life. I'm asking you for, to be able to see people the way that the Lord sees you. This man endured physical trauma for us. Then they finally get him to a cross. He's still, we ain't nailed him yet, y'all. He bleeding. He's hungry. Amen. He ain't slept. And I found out something. Daphne, the amount of, the distance between where he started holding the cross to the top of the hill, they said was probably about a half mile. At minimum, it was 0.3. They've actually looked at where they believe it started to the top of the hill. They did a, a Google Earth thing. About a half mile. The cross is two beams of wood at approximately 125 pounds. You take a bleeding man who has not eaten, who has not slept, and who is drained, put 125 pounds of splinters on his back and tell him to go a half mile uphill. And he didn't complain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> preach. He said, don't forget the heat, Pastor. We, it ain't like, y'all, we in the cool of the day. We in Egypt. Over there in the Middle East. It's hot. 125 pounds. 100 on your back while you bleed when you hungry and haven't slept. And he doesn't complain. And we complain because somebody owe us five dollars. I ain't talking to you because you didn't bring me the gift I wanted. Last Christmas, I bought you something. You didn't get me nothing. You should have kept your sorry gift. 
Because if you bought it to receive, it wasn't a gift. If you love them, it don't make no difference whether or not they take your gift and throw it out the window. You didn't give it for their response. You gave it from your heart. I gave it to you. Whatever you do with it, that's between you and you. But I thought that if I gave them this, they would see that's our problem. That we do to receive instead of do because we in love. See, Jesus, on the other hand, is like, no, I love you. While you were yet sinners, <laughs> I died for the ungodly. Huh? I didn't wait till you got right to give you this gift. I gave you this gift when you was wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I didn't wait for you to get it together before I started being kind to you. I was kind because I knew that my kindness would cause you to get it together. I didn't wait for you to come around for me to do right. I did right because it was right. Because that's the way the Lord does. How many of us are withholding from people in relationships all because we wait on somebody else to do what they might not have the strength to do? There are people in this room going through just as much hell as you. You are not exclusive. You are not oh come on in this room walking around like but they don't understand me you don't understand them now we don't understand each other how about we let the Holy Ghost fix it all well they ain't right you ain't right either how about we both get up under the blood of the lamb well, they should have said this. You should have said that. See, for everything you can point your finger at somebody else about, the Lord can remind you of how messed up you've been, of how foul you've been. So how about all of us? Oh, precious is the flow. How about we all get up under the flow of Jesus? There's a bill called diligence. I want to know. We still ain't on the cross, y'all. Huh? I used to have my pre-Jesus days I used to have a rule I could pretty much tolerate anything you do to me till you put your hands on me all bets off after that see y'all looking real saved that's cool, it's no problem so what about Jesus? some of us in this room I was cool until they said what have we said to Jesus? I was cool until they did. What have we done to Jesus? Well, you can't compare that. Jesus is fully man and fully God. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Well, you can't say that because he is a deity. You're supposed to have the Holy Ghost. You walk around talking about you saved, sanctified, and full of the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. So if the Holy Ghost dwells in you, what part are you cussing them out? If you got the Holy Ghost, what part are you slapping them? Because God didn't. Or did you lie about having it? Did you lie about being full? There's this, I'm almost through. There's this new salvation. I guess we in new salvation. I told one of the saints the other day. It's this new saved. Yeah. I'm not interested in it. 
they got to have a different Bible and a completely different Jesus. It's a new save. You know, new save where I can go to church and live how any other type of way I want and still call myself saved. Where I can, I can uh, have a, a, a boyfriend and a boo and an extra and a side piece. That's a new save. And still go to church and be in leadership. And then, and then dare somebody to say something to you because it ain't none of their business because you grown. See, that's new saved. As for us in her, I can, up in here, I can't talk for nobody else. I can't speak for nobody else's ministry. I can't speak for nobody else's church. But I am not going to stand before God and say I tolerated anybody outside of the word of God. Listen, there's too much stuff going on out here for us not to be what God called us to be. The Bible says pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Help the widows and the orphans and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Ecclesiastes says it like this. Fear God. Keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. So you can drunk if you want to, that ain't God. You can get high if you feel like it, that ain't God. You can sleep around if you want to, that ain't God. But for those of us who want to please him, I said it. I'm trying to please God. I did all the dirt I'm going to. All this, I'm grown. I'm a man just like everybody else. I'm not. I'm not a man just like everybody else. James 3 says, woe unto you teachers, for you are guilty of a higher degree of condemnation, which means as soon as I said yes to God, God didn't look at me like everybody else. I didn't say I was better. I'm under a different sentence than everybody else. I got a different weight on me than everybody else. It don't mean that I'm better than anybody, higher than anybody, greater than anybody, but it does mean that his weight is on my neck. And I refuse to bow to what the world is saying is righteousness. Now, still ain't got him to the cross. I'm trying to get him there. He bleeding. Help me, Lord. He bleeding, y'all. Carrying this cross. Oh, don't leave that alone. Carrying this cross up a hill. And they get to the top of the hill. And they lay this bloody man's body down. Can you imagine how much flesh was going off of him? Which means there's parts of his body no skin, probably bone exposed. And that's the man who hasn't eaten, who hasn't slept, exposed parts of his body, who they lay down on a cross and nail him there. That's called diligence. Next time we hear he was wounded, Next time you find yourself about to do something that you know is outside of the will of God, remember. Next time you can say, I can do all things. Think about all the things he did. Because if you can do all things through Christ, that means that the same strength that it took for him to get there, greater is he. <laughs> That's within me. <laughs> 
then he that's within the world, I can do it. I, I can do it. I can love again. I can forgive again. I can do it. I can do it. Yes, I can. I can restore. I can do it. I can do it. This thing ain't going to kill me. It ain't going to. This is why. This is why I love what Job says. Though you slay me. Yet will I try. I love what Job said. Job apparently knew something. Job says that before Jesus got here. He knew, look, you can do whatever you want to do, but I ain't going to stop trusting the Lord. I bet you this, this harm and this bloodshed is not going to stop me from doing what God calls That's diligence. We give up on God when we don't want God to give up on us. So he's there. Bleeding. Bones exposed. Muscles exposed. Faint. As a matter of fact, go study it when you get a chance. On the way up the hill, no guys, just the women. And he turns around to his mother and had enough strength to both rebuke and encourage on the way up the hill with a cross. He never stopped who he was. Never forgot what his, what his job and what his passion was. And here's, I won't have y'all turn, but I need you to write it in your notes. Luke 23, 33. Sometime around Easter, I'm sure some of you will go to the a seven last sayings sermon. They do them every year. And if you don't look at the Luke text, you'll, you'll, you'll mess up because Luke actually is the gospel that tells us the first thing that Jesus said from the cross. It matters. Let's go back. You spit on me. You hit me with your fist. You slap me. Peter don't know me. Judas betrays me. The other rest of y'all is in a cave hiding. I got to see my mother watch me get beat. You beat me on the head, you strip me naked twice. You take cat of nine tails, rip the flesh off my body, put 125 pounds on my back. You release a, a guilty person because you don't want to release me who did no wrong. I come up the hill, you nail me with railroad spikes, not through my hand, because that would have ripped, but you went through my wrists so that the bones that were left could hold my weight. You took both my feet, put them together, and you nailed through the ankle bones with a mallet and a railroad spike. And the first thing I say, I haven't eaten, haven't slept, and the first words come out of my mouth is, Father, forgive them. Y'all not, y'all, y'all, y'all don't want, y'all don't want, y'all don't want, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I come against every grudge in this church. Everybody that's holding anything, we only got a couple days left in this year, and since some of us are so arbitrary that you only want, you're going to wait till New Year's Eve to get something right, I come against every single grudge in this house. It's Jesus. Father, they didn't know. Forgive them. That word forgiveness in the Greek right there means don't hold this to their charge. When you look at them, 
Don't count this. You count it till they charge every conversation after they do it. Help me, Holy Spirit. Well, you know, I just can't talk to you the same after what you did to me. Well, you know, we just can't be the same after what you did to me. Well, you know, we can't go to the same places after what you did to me. After what you did to me, it changed everything. That's not the mind of Christ. How we want him to throw our stuff to the sea of forgiveness, but we want our stuff in the sea of remembering and call it wisdom. We call it wisdom. Guess what I call it? Toxic. Explain, Bishop. When you constantly ruminate over pain, you put yourself in a mindset where everything you see comes through the pain that you keep thinking about. So even when victory is in front of your face, you can't see the victory because you see everything through the lens called pain. Every good thing, you see it. You don't mean it. You didn't mean that. Good morning. You don't mean good morning. You don't mean that. I love you. No, you don't. You don't love me. You can't. It's impossible. You know why it's impossible? Because 32 and a half years ago, 48.7 years ago on January at 2.14 in the p.m. On the left side of the kitchen when I had the cast iron skillet in my right hand with red nails and red matching lipstick. Right. With that one wig on that was only flip on one side. You said... So you ask this valid question. Hmm. Turn to Romans 6. Here's the question we ask. Why should I, Bishop? Why should I go through all of this? You know, many days when I have the stomach for social media, I see a whole lot of you don't have to go through this. We call ourselves encouraging each other. I just came on Instagram to tell you, you ain't got to. I came on Instagram to make this declaration. You ain't got to go through it, and if they don't see your worth, leave them. Maybe, huh, I heard you. Saints, she said, and next week they with him. Preach, mother. All right. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen to me. How can they tell you what you don't have to go through? Because watch this. Sometimes when you refuse the workout, you refuse in playing time too. <laughs> Hello. The Bulls got blew out the gym. I'm not a Bulls fan, so it didn't bother me none. 
but they got blew out the gym by like 50. That's terrible. The coach, any Bulls fans, I'm talking about y'all. The coach, they ain't been good since Jordan was there. The coach, Derrick Rose was an anomaly. The coach <laughs> called a special practice. He said, we can't get beat like this. We need to come in. The players said, we ain't coming to practice. Oh, really? Really? Because you've been working us. Two, the players told the coach, we're not coming to practice. They got blew out the next game and the game after that, too. Because guess what? We don't know what training we need. How you going to tell God what you're not going to do? Let's read this text. Romans 6, I'm going to end here, and I'm going to pray. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to, to sin still live in it? Do you not know, watch, that all of us, who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we've died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lived, he lived to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I, I, don't, I just don't have to go through that. Do you want to die to sin? Some stuff you got to go through because that's what take it off you. I'm going to say this and I'm going to pray. Had I not gone through it, I wouldn't be who I am today. Sit down. Had I not gone through it, Had I not gone through the storm. Now, I, I didn't say I liked the storm. I didn't say I liked the storm, y'all. But had I not gone through the storm, the rain, the drama, the ridicule, the mistakes, watch. And some of what I went through, a lot of what I went through, a majority of what I went through was not an attack. It was reaping. 
You know, it's, we love as Christians to say everything is the devil. Yeah, the devil in us. We love that. The enemy, the devil is busy in you. He's busy in you. You are absolutely correct. So what do I say to you today? If we're going to pay the bill of diligence, people of God, be diligent all the way through. Be diligent when it's easy. Be diligent when it's hard. Be diligent when they love you. Be diligent when they don't. Be diligent when you got money. Be diligent when you broke. Be diligent when you happy. Be diligent when you sad. Be diligent while you bleeding. Be diligent while you're not. Be diligent. Because at the end of that, there's a death, there's a burial, but guess what else there is? You have to determine, listen, the longer it takes for you to bear your cross, the longer it's going to take for you to come out of your tomb. Thank you, Lord, that thing blessed me right there. Oh, that wasn't on nobody's notes. Woo! That thing blessed my whole life. The longer it takes, while you sitting up there talking about I shouldn't have to, don't. Don't bear it. Stay at the bottom of Golgotha. You also won't be released from the pain that's at the bottom to the triumph that's at the top. The cycle can't be broken till you get to the top of the hill. You have just listened to part eight of the Marketplace Movement podcast, The Cost of God's Will series. There is still so much more training to go. Please like us on the Marketplace Movement Facebook and Instagram page. Follow us on Twitter at The Marketplace Real and visit our website, themarketplacemovement.org. We invite you to worship with us at 3300 West 3rd Street in Dayton, Ohio, or catch us on Periscope every Sunday and Wednesday at The Marketplace Media. Remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We hope to see you soon at The Marketplace Movement, where we reach, enhance, and advance lives.